Another great episode of Red Sea Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you hear, please go to our website, redsearadio.org, and donate to our apostolate, or even become a member of our Immaculata Recurring Gift Society and keep us on the air. Thank you so much, and God bless you. Welcome, welcome to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. I am the host for the day, Pam Marvin. I'm so very, very glad you could tune in with us. Uh, and the second half of the show, I will be speaking with Sister Rafaela Cavellin. Now, she is such a gifted speaker, in my opinion, on virtues. I quote her all the time. So you're going to want to stay tuned for the second half of the show and to listen to her uh, speak on the virtues of fortitude and temperance. So stay tuned after the break. Welcome also in the studio, Dennis and Caleb. Welcome, guys. Hey, Pam. Good morning, Pam. Yeah, it's so good to be with y'all. Yes, indeed. Hey, if even if it's not for the content, stick around for Sister's voice. Yes. I love her Italian accent. Her northern Italian accent, she she made clear to us on awesome. that one, so it's pretty cool. Hey, Pam, we have someone on the line, on the phone line. We've got a special guest for this part of the, the, the first segment of the show. I want to introduce everyone uh, to John Pacci. He is the... Director for Catholic Charities of Central Texas. John, you've got a special event coming up, don't you? You want to tell everyone about it, please? We sure do. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you for having me on here. Uh, first, let me just say, if you haven't heard the podcast from last Wednesday, listeners, please listen to the podcast from last Wednesday to round up. <laughs> it was great to hear Dennis's story about Red Sea and how it started. So anyway, Thank I you. wanted to share that. Yes, it was great. Thank you for the wonderful story. So, um, as you said, we have a wonderful event coming up in this glorious Easter season. Next Thursday night, April 27th, we're creating hope in the Brazos Valley, and we're featuring a new cocktail format. Woohoo! And uh, yeah, so we're real excited about that. Through the grace of the Holy Spirit, we're able to do that at the Texas A&M Hotel and Conference Center. Now, John, you guys, Boulevard. Yeah. you guys have usually done a lunch. Now, switching to a cocktail Correct. hour, that's uh, that's pretty bold, wouldn't you say? We're being bold, yes. Yeah. So thank you for that, Dennis, <laughs> because I was about to say, as we, as we convene, as everyone <clears throat> listening convenes with us at Texas A&M Hotel and Conference Center, we are looking to be bold with you. So um, we believe every person in the Brazos Valley deserves to thrive in their God-given gifts and dignity. And we can't achieve this vision alone, so we need you to help us take the bold action to fight poverty in our community. So we are being bold, moving from our normal luncheon format to the cocktail reception, and uh, it starts at 5.30 p.m. Like I said, Texas A&M Hotel Conference Center will have a cocktail reception in the outer area of the ballroom, mm -hmm. and then about 6.30 p.m., we'll go in and have the theater seating mission-driven program. So theater seating, meaning you wow. can sit with anyone you want. Um, also, please note, I'll repeat this more than once, that the parking is free. Oh. Let me say that again. Parking is free at the hotel garage on Gene Stallings Boulevard. Wow. And, um, yeah, so – so glad I could able to say Joe Route Boulevard and Gene Stallings Boulevard today. It's pretty cool. <laughs> uh, so 
you know, bring friends. You know, you can RSVP online. And by uh, RSVPing, you can RSVP for yourself, for your friends, for your guests. Okay. We, uh, we are more the merrier in this fashion. That's what we're looking for. We How- want to really show that uh, this is a, a be bold effort. Yes. Where can they RSVP at? You said online, but what so, is that site? So the online website is www.cccx, as in Texas, .org, www.cccx.org, and look at our events tab, and you'll okay. see that you can RSVP right there. That's great. So this is going to take place of the normal luncheon that y'all have every year, the Creating Hope Luncheon. This time it'll be a Creating Hope uh, cocktail hour and presentation. Absolutely. And just so everyone knows, please understand that we are going to have a live speech from a mom who is in our St. Gabriel's Pregnancy and Parenting Program and and what a story she has to share. That's great. I love your your testimonies from the people that receive your services because it it really does show the impact that you're having in a real just in your face graphic form there so it's it's been really moving i remember uh last year's luncheon we had some great testimonials from your counseling services and i think uh look forward to hearing from this uh mom you said is going to give a testimony that's great from our yes she's in our saint gabriel's pregnancy and parenting program and one, a real wonderful story, and, and it's going to be a treat. Everyone okay. will really enjoy it. So we got about less than a minute left in, the, in our segment of this uh, interview. So, John, tell us one more time what's going on and where. Yeah, so we're creating hope in the Brazos Valley at on April 27th at 5.30 p.m., Texas A&M Hotel Conference Center, free parking. You can <laughs> register online at cccx.org and look at our events page register right there. If you have any further questions, you can always call me directly, 979-321-6516. And come out and be bold with us. And we want everyone to just come have fun too and enjoy the the community event. John, I'm looking with your community. I'm looking forward to it. It's not this Thursday, but next Thursday, Creating Hope, benefit uh, Benefiting Catholic Charities of Central Texas. John Pachi, thank you so much for your call. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Red Sea. But you know, there's so many exciting things going on here at Red Sea. I saw yesterday come across my Instagram feed. I was like, "Woo, Evan is coming. New guy. New, new guy. guy. Tell us about him. Caleb, sorry, bub. You're no longer the new guy. <laughs> you. This is your, your uh, probably sixth week, of the week. Sixth week. Fifth or sixth week that you've been employed with us. And the, the new guy is coming just this next week on the 24th. His name is Evan Atkins. And so he's going to come in as our director of marketing. And so we don't really have a replacement for Thaddeus. We kind of did some organizational shifting around and looked at some of our needs. And uh, we uh, can't replace Thaddeus Romanski because we miss him dearly. Mm -hmm. But Evan's going to come in and take over because he's got a lot of experience in digital marketing and promotion. He comes to us from the Matthew Kelly Group, actually, in Kentucky. Wow, wow. Yeah, so we we put our our job and position up on catholicjobs.com, and he... uh, sent me an, an email and said he's interested in, in our mission statement specifically. So he comes to us with a lot of experience at uh, dramatically, mm-hmm. dramatically improving Matthew Kelly's numbers on YouTube and social media and really has uh, sprung their, their viewer share in that realm 
from what, 10,000 to over literally 30 million views within a, a couple of years. So Crazy. with all the projects we've got coming up with our current uh, Avenue of Victory Sports, with our family retreats, with our uh, daily show that we're in production and, and getting ready to unveil here fairly soon, uh, we are definitely in the uh, in the expansion stage uh, at Red Sea Apostolate. So we've been blessed tremendously. Kathy and I um, were just going through all the 10 plus years of files that were not only here in the office, but as well as in storage mm. and purging some of these emergency alert files and different things that we don't need to hold on beyond two years and just reliving the the memories and pictures and and all the the surveys and and studies that we had to do to build our first tower, you know, wow, thirteen years ago was. Do you ever get scared of growing too fast in us? Uh, uh, there now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, wow, it, wow. It, it's it's not scary as much as it is exciting, you know. Okay. It's and so we don't fear. It's just a a, a lot of unknown of where is God going to bring us next. With God's and grace, we've come a long way. And we're building two new radio stations over the next two years. Wow. So we're in process of doing all the engineering studies and everything. So, so pretty exciting. exciting. Lots of exciting things. And so to help as we're growing, we're going to need your support ever more. If you enjoy what you're listening to, we ask you to always um, consider being a regular donor of the Immaculata Society. And speaking of other really cool things that RSC yep. does, we got a plug podcast. Yeah. So we have, but most of all, you can find all of this on our app. I don't think we talk enough about the Red Sea Radio app. So you could go to your platform store and just do KEDC comes up or no, Red if, Sea if Radio. If you go better. to Red Dash C Radio and then either KEDC for local to Bryan College Station or KYAR local to the Central Texas Waco area, and so you're going to get your local spots, your local information on each of those separate apps. So KEDC locally here in the Bryan College Station area, locally to KYAR would be Central Texas. Uh, right. And, and the purpose for this, the two main ways that I use the app is for the clarity in my car. Sure. Some, oftentimes there's like the interference, if, yeah. a little crackly or whatever. If you go to so. one of the edge of our, our listening areas as you get out of town even, you can still listen to this app anywhere you can get the internet. Yes. I've actually turned it on and driven to Dallas and only lost it momentarily. It was amazing. Yeah. Was as you so get good. between cell signals, you'll yes, lose yes, it there, yes. but it'll pick, pick right back up. So yeah, get the app. And the app also, what I use for the app is uh -huh. I can um, access a, a really, just this is a clever, fun little uh, podcast called Shoulder to Shoulder. Never heard this of it. Lady, this lady named <laughs> Megan, she has a buddy that she does it with, and it's been pretty insightful sometimes. I yeah, say. you and Pam, Pam, you and <laughs> Megan, that is, do a great job on well, that app. Well, we're living. looking forward to having um, a little more structure here in the near future, because as we're growing and we're getting some more professionals like Caleb and Evan come in. We're hoping to... It's very to really... generous of you to call me a professional. Yes, you're very professional. Caleb is amazing. I'm he just going to say that right here. He has come up with great new ideas and is not afraid to guide people that have been at the business yes. for a long time. I love that. To that... thinking new ways and new things. So it's just exactly why we hired him is to think mm -hmm. outside the box and 
to uh, drag my rear end out and, of And your confidence age. is such a gift and a blessing to us. Um, and I love your suggestion. So keep it up. Keep up the good work. You, you were made for this, Caleb, and I'm just so thankful well, for thank you. you. I'm really thankful for Caleb. Caleb, why don't you talk about our newest podcast edition that you basically have been on from the ground up? Sure. I'm very excited about this. Um, coming very soon, you can find it on our app. You can find it on our website. You can find it on Podbean. You can find it on Apple Podcasts. You can find it on Spotify. Um, you will be able to find the joy of medicine. And that is where our host of Mystery of Parenthood, Trey Cashin, sits down with his father, Dr. Cashin, who's been... Uh, a cardiologist and heart surgeon for 55 years, and he's talking about how his faith played a role in his practice as a doctor. He's going to go into stories about miracles in the operating room. Wow. He's seen, amazing. And, uh, and, and what role his faith played in his work. And I think that while this will be of special interest to the nurses and doctors and people in the health field out there, I really think there's something for everyone because it really is about how can I bring my faith mm -hmm. into my workplace? And he talks about other people scoffing at him when he mm. talks about miracles he saw in the operating room, when he thought that, well, he has never stitched something like this before. How can yeah. I do this? And then he says, Jesus did it. And wow. he and oh, yeah. literally other doctors would scoff at him. Yeah. And we know it's real, don't we? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Great think, stories. I think I've that really, there's really something there for other people. It is because uh, I mean, I have no medical background and I'm just captivated listening to well, his story. So. Well, so what I'm hearing right there that we're going to learn from is everybody needs to increase their trust in the Lord. Absolutely. And that's what he did. It sounds like he had a pretty high level of trust and relied on that trust for the good of humanity. So that's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. So please look for that podcast coming very soon. Maybe this week. Oh, yeah. I Real soon. So. Okay. The Joy of Medicine. Look for it at exclusively on Red Sea Radio. Catholic Radio. Again, <laughs> you can download that app to listen yeah. to those. There's Verso de Alto, which is Father Chris and crew here at uh, St. Mary's Catholic Saint Center. St. Mary's Catholic Center. Yeah, we've got Restorative of, Justice. They're yes. going to be in the they're going to be in the studio here in a matter of minutes, recording some more okay. hard hitting uh, prison ministry based shows okay. that are very very much uh, a ministry to those that are incarcerated. So, so we've stay got tuned. a wide variety. But yeah, as we go to the break, remind people who yes. they're going to listen. To. Yes, Sister Rafaela Cavallin with the Apostles of the Interior Life speaking on the virtues of fortitude and temperance. So stay tuned and we will be right back after the break. Thanks for listening to part one of Red Sea Roundup. Part two is just around the corner. You can find additional Catholic podcasts and resources at redsearadio.org, as well as a page to leave your prayer requests. If you feel called, please consider donating to our apostolate so we can continue creating entertaining and educational Catholic content for all to enjoy. Thank you and God bless. Now back to Red Sea Roundup.
Well, welcome back. Welcome back to this edition of Red Sea Roundup. Uh, my name is Pam Marvin, the host for today, and joining me in studio is Sister Rafaela Cavalin. Did I say that correctly? You got it. Yay. Well, I want to just set up this show by talking about us as a continuation of other shows I've done with Sister on the Cardinal Virtues. So I'm going to start a little bit from the catechism that says about virtues, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And this is virtue, my brothers and sisters. It's a habitual and firm disposition to do the good. Amen. Amen. So today we're going to be talking about the cardinal virtues of fortitude and temperance. And sister, while we were off air, you were telling me a little bit about um, your your job with the Apostles of the Interior Life. And so many of our listeners may never have heard of you or know you. So mm-hmm. give just a little bit of your background and your job in the community and talk about why you kind of know a little bit about these virtues. <laughs> well, um, so my name is Sister Rafaela. As you can tell from my accent, I wasn't raising Texas, I was born in Oregon. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My accent gives it away. I'm from Italy, northern Italy. Grew up in the Diocese of Milan, actually, in the Ambrosian Rite, um, beautiful ancient rite in the Catholic Church. And I've been with the sisters since 1996. Mm. So a few years. And uh, I'm happy to be back in Aggieland this is my third time back, so they say third time is a charm, I think okay. they say in English, right? And so um, the community has asked me this year to, to do something a little bit different. So for many years, I've served the students on college campuses, uh, Illinois, Wisconsin, Texas, Kansas. But now the community has asked me to help out with the formation, the ongoing formation of our lay movement called the Family of the Apostles of the Interior Life. And we have members of this lay movement scattered around the United States. So, but every other month I travel out of state with one of my Mm. sisters Mm -hmm. uh, to continue to offer formation and give parish missions. Uh, um, And uh, a lot of the formation that we give is on the interior life. Because again, we are called the apostles of the interior life. So it's it's a double movement. Apostles as we are sent, that's really what it means in Greek, apostello, to send and then of the interior life. So coming back uh, into the inner workings of grace in our heart. And so that's what I try to do every day. So I don't know that I'm an expert on virtues by (laughs) the way I live them, but I certainly preach about them quite often. So I'm very, very happy to be here. You are a student of the virtues. Amen. Always a student. Uh, Awesome. So how long has the the lay movement for the family been around with Um, the Apostles' interior life? I would say it it started uh, unofficially when we first moved our first steps in Illinois back in the early year 2000s. But then officially, it started in 2009 uh, in Kansas and then here in Texas. And we have uh, members of the family up in Seattle, Washington, Denver, Florida, uh, Illinois, Cincinnati, scattered a little bit around the U.S. I am a big, big fan of lay movements. Mm -hmm. I think that if you're serious about your Catholic faith, 
um, trying to do it on your own is harder mm-hmm. than trying to do it in community with like-minded um, and the fervor that lay movements have to 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 grow your interior life to then be very apostolic because mm-hmm. you have to be fed and know the love of Christ deeply in your soul and then you can't you can't help but want to go out and spread the good news. I mean, Amen. seriously, yeah. you can't. Yes. So I thank you so for your service to the church and to God's people for just teaching and coaching us. I mean, you and I both love good analogies. So I'm yes. looking forward to this show <laughs> and doing this. So let's go ahead and get started on yes. these virtues. So as you know, as we've been talking, just a quick reminder, why do we even call them cardinal virtues? What you know, it has nothing to do with the red-headed, you know, <laughs> cardinals in Rome, although I'm sure they live out the cardinal or virtues. Or the birds but, here in Texas. Yes, indeed. But but the word cardinal comes from the Latin, uh, cardo, which means hinge. Hinge. And so a cardinal virtue is a hinge around which everything else pivots. So the cardinal virtues are pivotal in our spiritual life because all the other virtues are built around them. So go with the first analogy. If you had a door without hinges, it would fall with the first blow of the wind. Mm-hmm. But what makes a door stand and pivot, open or close, are the hinges. So the cardinal virtues, which are also known as human virtues, are those natural virtues around which all of our spiritual life revolves. And this goes back even to the ancient uh, Greek philosophers. Uh, I mean, Christians are not the first ones that talked about cardinal virtues, but of course, St. Augustine and then St. Thomas Aquinas kind of like brought them, you know, and nestled them under under the Catholic understanding, but but they're just human virtues. You don't even need to be a believer to have these God-given natural virtues. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm, I'm very excited because this is a topic that we can reach anybody. Amen. Everybody can relate to the cardinal virtues. Right. What comes to mind is these are things that are actually written on the human heart because they were made by God. It's just our simple yes, yes to grow them in our hearts because they're there. So if you're yes. listening to this and you feel like you're far from God, just remember this is written on your heart. These virtues are. It's just a matter of a yes and growing them. Yes, indeed. And so the first one that we're going to tackle today is the third one listed in the catechism. We are on catechism number 1808. And uh, I always think that the best thing to do is just to go straight to the source and uh, comment on it, because that's how we can learn more about the virtue of fortitude. I quote, Fortitude is the moral virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. It strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life. And let's stop here because there's already, it's a mouthful. It there's is, already, for sure. There's already a lot here. So what the catechism simply is telling us is that fortitude is that virtue that ensures firmness in difficulties and constancy in the pursuit of the good. So the very first thing that it's telling us is that there is something that needs to be rooted. Firmness. I was showing Pam earlier a picture of my new raised bed garden, right? And, uh, you know, when I first planted those seeds, they looked like, oh, I don't know if they're going to make it. But Mm -hmm. sure enough, you know, all they need is sunlight and rain. 
And if you just let them be, they will just sprout to be who they are. But those roots, uh, before you see them coming up, before you see the them sprouting, it's because they're going deeper. Mm. So the root system is the first essential reality, and then everything else will start uh, coming up. And you don't make a plant grow faster by pulling it, right? You ruin it. And so fortitude is that virtue that allows us to be firm in difficulties because we have been planting our roots deep. So that is just the very first thing is... Uh, don't rush. Don't even rush your growth in fortitude. Mm -hmm. It's a process. I recently heard this, excuse me, I don't know if it was St. Francis de Sales or Jacques Philippe who mentioned that to try and rush to our virtue in haste will surely hinder us in growth. Mm, Amen. Very much so. Mm -hmm. Very much so. And so, This is where virtue, um, the virtue of fortitude, is allowing us, uh, once we go deeper in roots, uh, then it allows us to be constant in the pursuit of the good. So we're not going to be wishy-washy. We're not going to say, oh, well, one day I feel strong and the other day I'm weak. But there is a constancy. Mm. And so constancy is really that it comes from that habitual repetition of good. Because that's really what growth in virtue is the habitual repetition of good. So not a one time, but going deeper and continuing to stay the course, even when it's difficult. And that's exactly uh, where the catechism continues by saying it strengthens the resolve to resist temptations and to overcome obstacles in the moral life. You know, let's be honest, temptations are, are, are daily occurrences. I would even say hourly occurrences. Yes. Um, and, and temptations, as St. Ignatius of Loyola reminds us, very often uh, they lead into desolation because we mm. feel that, you know, the, the, the job of a desolation is really to, to make us believe that they will never end, right. that we will always stay in desolation. But the virtue of fortitude is the one that reminds us that consolations will come back if we just stay the course right right now and right here. There was a beautiful line my spiritual director gave me one time I love and cling to, when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. So when you're in these these moments of desolation, God is at work in your soul. Ignatius has told us this, right, too? Mm -hmm. So when you're down to nothing, God is up to something. And sister, I've clung to that in moments of like real deep uh, Mm -hmm. desolation. Okay, God's at work. And and this is something that I always enjoy um, sharing with with my own directees or just with people in general is what to do when we are in desolation is really to employ these virtues. Yes. So Mm. let me just give you an example. And I grew up, as I said, in Northern Italy on the Alps, uh, we have mountains and lakes. And uh, I've always seen a man going out to gather wood in the summertime. You don't gather wood for your fireplace when there's snow on the ground. You don't wait until winter to do that. You do that in the summertime. So you prepare for winter. And so in the same way, when, when you are in a good place, so when you're in your spiritual s- summer, consolation. Right, in your yeah. consolation, that's when you gather wood for when you are in desolation, for your spiritual winter. Mm. 
And what allows you to do that? It's fortitude. So fortitude is that ability to be rooted. And so when things are going well, St. Ignatius of Loyola reminds us, what are you doing, consolation? Well, remember that desolation will come back. Yes. And so, but prepare for it. And then when you're in desolation, remember that consolation will come back sooner than you think. Mm. And so again, this is where I see the role of virtues because virtues are to be employed and to be uh, lived out on a daily basis, daily repetition. So you don't just live out a virtue when you feel like it. But it's, it's like, you know, if we were to work out only when we feel like it, <laughs> I think our gyms would be empty. That's right. Right? Um, and so the, this is where being rooted um, in the good soil of ultimately of humility, because humility comes from the Latin humus, which mm. means, you know, dirt, wow. ground. So it, it's knowing that in all humility, some days I'm doing great, some days I'm not. But by being rooted in that with that firmness or the virtue of fortitude, then I'm going about my business every day just right. knowing that I'm rooted in the Lord. One of the things I'm seeing as you're telling me about this too is that with the virtues in either times of consolation or desolation, this practice continues. So it is a constant. In, yes. Regardless of, of our consolation or desolation, this practice is just an ongoing oh, lifeline to heaven, if you, if you ask me. <laughs> yes, and that's exactly why it, it's talking about the constancy in the pursuit of the good. Because mm. let's be honest, there are some days when we don't want to do the good. Right. There are moments where where we fight with I'm the Lord. Tired. Yeah, Lord, come <laughs> on. You know, I've done this a million times. It's not working. Um, but that constancy, um, and, and this we could go into, which we won't, but you know, the whole concept of a rule of life, what is a rule of life? It's something that allows you to to remain faithful to a promise you've made. Um, otherwise, if you just let, you know, every day's, uh, you know, ups and downs determine your rule of life, you'll be in hot water. For sure. And so, again, fortitude is what keeps you grounded. Mm. Beautiful. Amen. Mm -hmm. And and something that comes to mind, also going to, to Scripture, since we recently experienced uh, Holy Week and, and Easter, is that passage from the Gospel of Luke, Luke 22... When Jesus is um, talking to Peter, right, and he's saying, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan has demanded to sift all of you like wheat, but I have prayed that your own faith may not fail. And once you have turned back, you must strengthen your brothers. Mm. And I'm reading from Luke 22, verse 31 and 32. So this is, to me, a beautiful image of the virtue of fortitude. Because sometimes we might get this wrong understanding that to, to, to have the virtue of fortitude means that we're never shaken, that we're always strong, that we're always courageous. No, we are given the grace by the Lord. So we all know what happened to Peter. He ran off like he denied him three times. And at the foot of the cross, he was nowhere to be seen. Right. And yet, the Lord still gave him this task, strengthen your brothers. You must strengthen your brothers. How is that possible? Because Jesus prayed for him. 
So it's a strength that comes from the Lord. God empowers us to grow in these virtues. I love what you're saying about grace, sister, because um, throughout my spiritual journey, I, I did not realize what a important role that grace plays in our lives. So is grace elevates nature, right? Amen. And this was like a just a light bulb for me in the last few years when we are trying to white knuckle our virtuousness, right? Mm -hmm. And it's to know that it's really a matter of God's grace and in conjunction with his will yes. that we can elevate our nature. Indeed. And there's see how there's that um, resolve to re relax into Jesus' arms, like to, to, to give up ourself and then what we think and our little, oh, we can do this because we're so strong and good, but not so much. Yes. Yeah, we have to empty ourselves to be filled. Mm -hmm. And, and the, when we look at virtues, there's always the different extremes, mm. uh, right? That we can we can see that we could fall into. And, and when it comes to virtue, to the virtue of fortitude, we see that uh, one extreme could be to be reckless, right? Uh, to imagine, you know, to underplay or downplay uh, a danger in front of us. And so we can think, okay, to, be, to have the virtue of fortitude, to be strong means, you know, to be reckless and just push through any danger, you know, because in a way, you know, God will take care of me. Well, yeah, but grace builds on nature, you know, yeah. your nature, you need to take care of your nature. You can't just sit back and say, okay, I will do something reckless because God anyway will, will come and save me. Mm -hmm. And then in the opposite side is instead paralysis, mm. you know, where we overestimate the danger in front of us and that paralyzes us into inaction. And so the virtue of fortitude keeps us exactly in the middle. The Latin used to say, imedius stat virtus, the virtue stays in the middle. So avoiding the two opposite extremes yes. that could lead into danger. Because when we are paralyzed by fear, isn't that what discouragement is? Yes. And, and again, you know, I don't know Latin enough, but I know that discouragement is a paralysis of the heart Cor agere, the action of the heart, and this is the negative. So it's the lack of action of the heart. That's what discouragement is. Mm. Where encouragement is the opposite, is an, an acting with the heart. So the fortitude is that virtue that allows us to avoid the two extremes, to underestimate or to overestimate the danger in front of us, but just to call it for what it is and to act according to the promptings that the Holy Spirit gives us. Right. You know, sister, I'm, some of my analogies are starting to come now. Because Amen. I love, <laughs> Bring them on. Well, I mean, I just feel like there's so many ways in the day and times and the culture that we're living in to live out that virtue of fortitude, to stand firm in the truth of the good. And the primarily, the biggest one for me, because I have such a heart for marriage and family life, is that marriage is one man, one woman. Amen. And those of us that really stand up for that are very much so being persecuted and oftentimes shamed as being insensitive mm. and things like that. So this is a real opportunity. Um, and, you know, we should say, count it as a blessing to be able to speak up for the truth of God with this type of fortitude. It really is, because I think the Lord like looks at that and goes, ah, she's listening. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or something to that. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure you have other types of in these day and times kind of analogies about fortitude just being 
So necessary, more than ever. Like from mm-hmm. the time I, I, I mean, I became Catholic a little over 30 years ago and it wasn't, you didn't see a need for it. It was mm-hmm. easier in a way than it is today. Yeah, and I think that we are we're constantly challenged, and and this is true both with college students, but with adults, and and I see a shift. Um, you know, people are more and more confused about a lot of things, and uh, and it's it seems some these days uh, it's harder to stand strong. But then, you know, you go back and read my favorite saint, St. Francis of Sale. We're talking about the 1600s, and they're already comparing their lifetime to previous years. And they say, well, you know, now it's harder than it was. So I wonder what it will be in 200 years, right? Um, but again, the, at the end of the day, the way we grow our roots is in that interior life. The more we go back to listening to the voice of the Lord and he speaks to us in our conscience. He speaks through the sacraments, through the church, through you know our thoughts and feelings and desires. He he speaks to us through a variety of things, um, but it's in that inner dialogue with the Lord that we can remain strong in the truth that we know. Yes. And then, of course, there is all the pastoral approach. You know, you, you don't go around you know banging your Bible over people's heads, and so and as apostles of the entire life, we do encounter people of all walks of life. Um, and, and so it's important to remain strong in what you know being true and also at the same time to be charitable, right? Because again, no one has ever been, you know, saved with, you know, right. the Bible on their head. Yeah. And, and that's always like a very delicate uh, journey right. of walking one-on-one with people. But as we're talking about, you know, nurturing these growth and virtue too, Sister you said so aptly, um, the dialogue with the Lord. And today it's so much more difficult because of the lack of silence and there's so much mm-hmm. distraction. Um, and so that interior silence uh, is a commitment. I mean, it's hard in, in our day and times. I find as someone who desires greatly to grow and love the Lord and each other, um, I still find uh, having that silence to just sit and be alone with the Lord can be uncomfortable and um, it's hard. And so fortitude there is a very good place to start in the fortitude to sit in the presence, maybe in the chapel in adoration, or, you yes. know, sometimes even in your car, pardon me, with no radio on just to sit mm-hmm. and, and have that dialogue with the Lord, even if it's just like an interior um, conversation. Yeah. Which it's interesting that you say that because that's exactly what the virtue of justice is. Virtue of justice is giving their due to God and neighbor. And so part of the virtue of justice is to give God his due. And that is giving him the time that he deserves. So whenever I take time out of a busy schedule to be with the Lord every day, at least 15, 20 minutes of silence, we all need that. I'm actually employing the virtue of justice. Mm. Because I'm giving God what is due to him. Yeah. If you're just turning, tuning in, I am speaking with Sister Rafaela Cavallin from the Apostles of the Interior Life. We're talking about the virtues of fortitude and temperance today. So thank you for listening. But let's go ahead and get back to our conversation. Amen. Yes. So the virtue of justice is giving God what is due to him. Now, not because he needs it, but because we need it. And so taking that time of silence every day and, 
you know, we can be creative. I know a lot of moms with little kids and their only place to pray is actually when they can lock themselves up in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. And if that's all they can do, amen to that. The Lord can be found (laughs) in the bathroom as well. And I've known enough people that have long commutes, uh, like an hour in the car, an hour and 30 minutes in the car every day or on the train, um, well, that we can tune out the worldly noises and just let the Lord speak. Yes. Yes, I have a, I have a little confession to make slash analogy of this particular thing. My drive into work is about 25 minutes and um, I pray my rosary in the car. Mm-hmm. And a good friend of mine always said, Yes, you know, we refer to her as Our Lady of the Bypass here in Crime College <laughs> Station because so many of us are praying our rosaries on the road, yes. which is quiet, and I'm alone in my car. And mm-hmm. I do, I mean, there for a while, I thought, well, that's kind of a halfway to do it, but oh, it's, it's good, too. It's profitable. I mean, yes, interiorly and, profitable. And, and something that, uh, you know, I'd like to debunk a myth here that often people say, well, but it— it's very hard to enter into prayer when I'm running around from thing to thing. And and it's true, but mm-hmm. the Lord is still uh, receiving that gift. Like any mother who receives a little drawing from a two-year-old, I mean, of course, it's not going to ever be put up in the Vatican museums, but that's not the point. The love of the child is what mm-hmm. matters. And I remember one of the sisters uh, just telling a story years ago in Rome, she she was distracted as she was driving and she re-rented, right, someone uh, on the highway. Thank God nothing happened badly, but as she re-rented, whatever was in the in the trunk came flying at her and she found herself hit by uh, an eggplant, uh, which had probably been lost from groceries <laughs> and a shoe. Um, and so I often use that analogy to say sometimes when we go into the chapel, when we start praying in the midst of our activities, we slam on the brakes. And whatever is on the back just comes rushing at us. Mm. I don't know about you, but sometimes when I stop and enter the chapel, it seems that all the distractions of the world are there in the chapel waiting for me. But you know what? That is human. That is normal. It's just how we are built. But fortitude tells us to push through that. Yes, I have to quote you from one of our earlier shows. I love this, and I actually do it when I do encounter a lot of those distractions in the chapel. I um, write the notes. Amen. You remember that. I do. Oh, I still do it today. So I will write it to just, okay, acknowledge it and pass it over. And once I write it down, it no longer distracts me. Right here. So thank you. You see it in front of me, ah, my yes, Bible you with my post-its, post-its because that becomes my to-do list. Yeah. And, and and often we we get, you know, discouraged by the fact that we can't seem to keep our thoughts straight right. uh, in prayer. But, but again, the Lord is interested in our presence, not in the quality necessarily of the outcome, because mm-hmm. we're, we're not in control of that. Uh, but the Lord desires for us to set aside every day, sometime, no matter no matter what is going on, because there's always going to be difficulties and distractions and pain and grief, whatever, it tries to get our attention away from the Lord. So true. And, and it reminds me of another thing that really changed my life. I was at a, a conference and we're talking about basically family prayer, right? Mm. And 
praying with your children in particularly. And the message was, it can be messy. It can be so messy. It doesn't have to be perfect. It can be clunky. God knows. And that there was so much freedom in that for me. And praying with my children exploded after that. But that goes to just one-on-one, too. <laughs> like, and, and people say, well, I didn't pray my vo- rosary very well. I'm like, you know what? A rosary said unwell is better than no rosary at all. Amen. You know? And, you know, and sometimes it makes me think something like this makes me think about Our Lady with Jesus. Now, let's remember that Jesus was, was fully human, certainly fully divine, but also fully human. So, and I don't mean to be disrespectful, but I'm sure that Jesus passed gas like every baby did. And so as Our Lady was literally like staring at her child in adoration, because that's really what it was. She was adoring her Lord in her child. She wasn't being, you know, distracted by the fact that this baby was fussing or having, you know, when when he was teething. I mean, she didn't say, okay, well, you know what, dang it, you know, this is not good quality mothering, you know, yes. because my baby, you know, my God and my babies. No. And I'm speaking now to mothers especially because I have a heart for for mothers have had so many, so many of them in spiritual direction, hearing their their concerns. You know, I'm I'm not doing this right. I'm not doing this well. You know, but no. Any time you're serving your child, uh, every time you're serving your family, every time you're serving your husband, every time you're 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 living out your vocation. That is uh, right there. You honoring the Lord. Now, that doesn't mean that it's not good to take time aside to pray, amen. If you can, do everything you can, but don't beat yourself up. Don't beat yourself up when things don't go as they're planned. Because the Lord, again, God's will is not not hard. God's will is in the circumstances that he allows to happen. We don't have to go, yeah, we don't have to go looking with a lantern uh, for God's will is right in front of us. Amen. Amen to that. Are we, are we ready to talk about temperance too? Let's jump in. Let's do it. Let's do it. I could talk to you for another hour. <laughs> oh, I love this. I love this. And I hope uh, the listeners are not bothered by the Oregon accent here. <laughs> well, for those who just, you know, uh, tuned in, I, I said that my accent is from Oregon. No, it's actually from Northern Italy. But... So let's move to temperance, Catechism 1809. And I quote, Temperance is the moral virtue that moderates the attraction of pleasures and provides balance in the use of created goods. It ensures the will's mastery over instincts and keeps desires within the limits of what is honorable. And again, here it will go on, but but this is the, the, the part that I think um, captures really the, the heart of the of this virtue. And so temperance moderates and provides balance. Yes, I think that these are the two key words uh, in this definition of temperance, because it talks about moderation and balance. Now, I've been playing guitar for many, many years, over thirty years now, and the first thing that you need to do with a guitar, you need to tune it. Right, And it's not enough to tune it once. You need to keep retuning. If you move indoor, outdoor, the temperature, the, you know, the, the air pressure, everything can, can, can change, the strings, uh, tension. And so, but what, why do we tune an instrument, a string instrument? To give it the 
correcte Tuning. If you go too much, it will snap. If you go too little, it will be wonky. And so you need to find the perfect pitch so that everything flows in harmony. Mm. And so the same thing is the virtue of temperance. It's a fine tuning that needs to happen every day. You're never done once for all. You don't learn temperance as like, okay, got it, got it down to a system. No, it's every day you need to retune it to relearn, okay, what is the balance here? What is the attraction here to this good that maybe yesterday didn't bother me, but today I just can't seem to let it go past me. And also what I love about this definition is that it talks about goods. It's very often when, when we hear the word temperance, I think that it, we immediately think about, oh, I need to stay away from the evil. Yeah, but the Lord is inviting us here to make good use of the good in a balanced way. And that's the key, that we don't have to be afraid of employing the virtue of temperance. Because very often we want to stay, not to touch something with an eight-foot pole because we are so afraid of that. But truth be said, growth happens when we are able, in fortitude, to enter the battle and learn how to navigate the battles in our lives. Yes, I heard I had a similar analogy to this, which I I have a very soft spot, very weakness for like sweets, like cookies and little apple mm-hmm. pie and things like that. And for me, I'd be like, okay, I just will not have them in my home, so I will not be tempted. However, I was listening to a podcast one time, and they said, where's the virtue in that? (laughs) You can't exercise your temperance if you don't have the temptation there in front of you. Oh, that was convicting. And St. Francis of Sale, again, I I hear that it's one of our favorite saints. He always says, it is much easier not to talk at all than to know when to stop talking. Mm. It is much easier to say, I give up completely sweets, or I completely give up this or that, than to do it with balance and with moderation. Because real virtue is right there, is not to do away with something, but is to learn how to use a good thing in a proper way. That's right. And so this is what this virtue is bringing us Uh, to the the heart of having mastery over instincts and keeping desires within the limits of what is honorable. Again, I I think it's key to understand that the virtue of temperance is not uh, putting up a sign saying, okay, don't go there, don't do this, done, and put some barbed wire around it, but it's learning how to use well the good things that the Lord has given us. Yeah, as you're talking about that, I'm thinking of things that our listeners may be struggling with, because if I'm struggling with it, I figure somebody else is probably struggling with it. And this is one that Caleb, our producer today, and I were talking about. It's like the use of social media, mm-hmm. the temperance in that. In small doses, being informed is good, but when it causes us to be somewhat in despair or dour because it's all bad news, yes. that's not. So yeah. that, that could be one. Another one mm-hmm. uh, we see a lot today would be gluttony, 
overeating. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of others that you come across, say, in spiritual direction, the other types of temperance that's needed? Oh, <laughs> do we have three hours? <laughs> <laughs> just a common yeah. one that well, might be yes. helpful. Yeah, no, so many things. And, and you can go both with something that is concrete, material, as well mm-hmm. as with the immaterial goods. Yes. Right? Um, and, and let's take, for example, an immaterial good, which is, uh, as for the news, the desire to know, to be informed. That's an immaterial good. We don't touch it, right? But And it's a good thing. I mean, we need to be informed. But when that uh, becomes too much, when we don't know how to stop, when we click on the next article or the next YouTube video, this keep sending you further and further down the rabbit hole, then that's where we need to employ temperance. That's when we need to realize, okay, this is where I'm just allowing myself to be dragged somewhere where I don't need to go. Mm-hmm. And so we should never let something or someone else determine where we need to stop. That is the self, the mastery, the will's mastery over instincts. So there is an instinctive need to know more where that's where you know where gossip comes in right mm-hmm. i want to know more i want to talk more about this and even i remember many times talking with college students um who were supposed to study right for a test or you know for an exam or do their homework and i would find them come back an hour later they're still talking chatting i was like didn't you say that you were going to be studying they're like yeah but we're talking about theology i'm like honey it doesn't matter that you're talking about theology. God's will for you right now <laughs> is to get your OCHEM homework done. <laughs> you know, the Lord is not pleased right now with you, you know, theorizing about theology because God's will for you right now is to be doing his will, which is for you to be a good student. And so this is, you can, you can apply this to, you know, drinking, uh, not just for college students, even if you're over 21, a lot of adults struggle with that, Very right? Much, yes. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with drinking, you know, a glass of wine to relax at night. But when you realize that, you know, one glass is not enough and that leads to something else and leads to something else. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you seek refuge into something that seems to bring you away from reality. Right. Well, that's when temperance needs to come in and help you to moderate attraction of good things. Right. So I think we just touched on the two greatest offenders that most, I'm guessing would be like um, social media and Mm -hmm. then food and drink as well. Probably the two biggest, most widespread, but of course we know we have to say, um, God bless our brothers and sisters who struggle with pornography. That's oh, another way amen. as well. That's, and that's, that's another huge hook mm-hmm. that hooks you in. And, uh, you know, one click, leads to the next and leads mm. to the next. And uh, I see it in people driving. I see it in myself. You know, I'm an Italian driver and that says it all, right? <laughs> uh, the speed limit uh, in Italy, well, the southern, the more southern you go into Italy, it, it's a suggestion. Right? <laughs> and so even there, I need to be temperate in the way I drive. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, what makes me think that my time is more important than yours? Exactly. And so I need to go past you. Um, right. So th- it's a delicate uh, balance right. again, but, but but it's key. As we're wrapping up the show, sister, um, let's use this last almost three minutes to talk about the grace 
that's needed? Like, what are some little practical tips to help us in the growth of virtue? I mean, praying for God's grace and spending that time contemplating it, but really reflecting maybe on your day. Mm-hmm. Can you give us some tips on how to, to to be more temperate? Yes, I think that one beautiful example, St. Ignatius of Loyola gives us the daily examine. Yes. It's a simple uh, prayer that allows us to stop a couple of times during the day, not just at night. I mean, although that's important, but even maybe at noon or sometime whenever it's feasible with your schedule, mm-hmm. to stop during the day and just revisit how the day has gone. Thanking the Lord for the graces that he has sent our way, for thanking him for the ways in which we have been able to respond to that grace. Then being able also to notice when something was a little bit of tune and how we could have responded differently. And then we still have several hours in front of us during the day to try to tweak that. And so to make a little concrete resolution saying, okay, Lord, um, if this happens again today, I'm going to try to pay attention and, and put a little bit more love or a little bit more prudence, a little more justice. And you name the virtue. So those are very baby steps, not uh, a friend of mine. He was a Catholic uh, missionary in Africa. He asked me once, do you know how Africans eat an elephant? I'm like, I have no idea. And he says, <laughs> one bite at a time. Exactly. So that's a growth in virtue. Growth in Piccoli passi possibili, little possible By steps. Little. Yes, exactly. Well, sister, I can't believe we're already out of time. Yes. It's gone by so fast. I love our conversations. Amen. I hope that you'll come back in the future. And thank you. I'd love to. Thank you for having me. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for joining us today on Red Sea Roundup. And again, until next time, go and love your neighbor.